this is The Ignition Show, an after-show edition. Hello, everyone. Welcome to or welcome back to the podcast. I'm Chris Jansen, host of The Ignition Show, and today is what we call our after-show. It's a special episode where we look back at the most recent interview and pull it apart to see how the ideas have impacted us. Us, by the way, refers to my wife and business partner, Sarah, and I. We're learning too. And not only have we created this podcast to help provoke, inspire, and fuel your greatness, but we're on our own journey. We want to learn and grow as individuals and as a couple. And hey, we're human too. We have days and moments when we're crushing it and plenty of moments when we're not. So the After Show episodes are here to deepen the learning, to speed the implementation of the ideas from our great guests, and to help master the achievement of your greatest dreams in order to live an extraordinary life just the way you want it. We're excited to be on this journey with you, side by side, moving forward with the entire Ignition Show community. All right, it's time to ignite the spark within you. Let's get to the after show. So I had to say that that conversation I had with Andrew was, was one of my favorites so far. Not only the story was just mind-blowing, but listening back to it, he um, had so many points of wisdom that um, coming out of such an extreme situation, it was mind-blowing the perspective that he's able to have. I can't believe, one, I can't believe he went through all of that and came out a full human being, um, but also just his vulnerability in sharing his story and not just the the honesty he had about you know what happened to him with his mother and everything, but also how it impacted his relationship with his wife and being mm. very transparent and very vulnerable in... Um, in his part of propagating the the anger and propagating the the problems and what he's been doing since to to resolve it. Yeah, and I think we, if we, I love to just start a little bit with the whole topic of forgiveness. And you know, I, I suppose growing up, I didn't have a lot of, I guess, maybe much of a relationship with the idea of forgiveness. Perhaps it just wasn't something that was on my radar. Yeah. Um, and perhaps didn't have you know situations where I felt like forgiveness was a thing. But if I reflect back on kind of my quote-unquote relationship with forgiveness, it was probably very surface level. Like you hear about, oh, you should forgive that person. It's like, no, I, I forgive you. It's just a, it's a statement. Yeah. If right? someone says, I'm sorry, you say that, you know, I forgive you. Yeah. It's a, it's a statement. Oh, it's a throwaway comment in some cases. Yeah. And obviously the depth that he had to go to to truly, truly forgive some, um, his mother in this incredible situation it made me think also of um, something I came across recently with the um, the laboratory, the 40 Years of Zen, where they try to replicate the brain waves of monks who have been meditating for 40 years. Yes. And they 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 they, they kind of I wouldn't say attack, but they approach that from a variety of different angles and trying to calm the mind or get to a mental state of like a monk who's been meditating for 40 years. And the fastest way they they found to do that was having a, um, an experience of forgiveness. So I remember listening to that. I think it was the um, Dave Asprey podcast where I heard it. Yeah. And it really surprised me because I thought, I was under the, the impression that gratitude was the mm. greatest emotion that would get you to, to Zen or to a Zen-like uh, state. So it actually surprised me that forgiveness was. And... I was almost disappointed because I think forgiveness is a harder emotion to get to than mm. gratitude. I've been working so hard on on being grateful every day and finding the the you know in a in a tough situation finding the um, finding what I can be grateful for in each situation. F- 
finding something to forgive in each situation or, you know, bringing up that emotion, I think is a lot harder for me. And it was fascinating to hear his, his four step process for forgiveness. And what was, I think most interesting for me is not just that he has a process for forgiveness, but he spent what, five days walking 80 miles. And it was the, it wasn't the walk. First he said you had to detach from social media, which totally makes sense for me. I think it was just, just social media, but detaching from other influences that everything, shape your thinking. Yeah. Everything, detaching from doing, from, you know, being around people, etc. But even the walk itself was a distraction from the forgiveness process. So he said, he, he found, you know, detaching yourself during the day, but also being exhausted at night yeah. and really reflecting on the day and, and everything that happened. That was where the gems came for him. And that resonated for me because I've done forgiveness. I've done exercises of forgiveness, you know, for childhood and parents and things like that. Um, but nothing that um, thought out or conscious the way he went about mm. forgiving his mother and nothing like detaching myself for four days with the specific intent of forgiving a one, you know, one person. And that, that really resonated with me. And it, it made me wonder if I, I would be ready for something like that. You know, I, I hear of people who go on 10 day ret silent retreats or silent meditative mm -hmm. retreats, and they say it's the hardest thing you've ever done. Um, I, I would imagine that because it would just detaching and, and focusing on this would be really challenging for me. Yeah. And, and come back to your point about gratitude and forgiveness, you know, which is the, the more powerful or profound one. And I haven't really thought about that before, but as you, as you said that, it made me think, it probably, you know, intellectually I can kind of get it where gratitude is having appreciation. It's kind of, I don't know, welcoming in thoughts of goodness. Yeah. Where forgiveness is almost perhaps more liberating. And when you can free yourself like he did, it, it, it broke him, as he said, it broke him physically, but freed him emotionally. Yeah. And I can imagine there can be this liberation of when you truly, there's a depth of forgiveness that you're right, it's probably harder to get to, but maybe it's, I don't know if it's, um, maybe it's more of a process to get to than being hard, but I suppose to each his own, like until you go through it, you don't know. But um, I really uh, respected his um, insight that he needed to go deep. And obviously in his situation, there was so many layers upon layers upon layers of stuff. But I could see the power of whether it's a 10-day silent retreat or a four-day walk, a five-day walk in the heat or just a day on your own. Or just two hours in the park on your own. Like just yeah. to, but to be intentional about this is what I'm here to do. Yeah, there's that extra layer of depth that you get, imagine, by just being fully present, fully engaged and fully immersed in that situation. Yeah, it was interesting you mentioned it, you know, um, when, and I don't know if you mentioned it on this or, you know, when we were talking about this leading up to the recording, but being a child, you think your parents are perfect. You think that they have all the answers they have. And I, I know that I thought this of my parents, but also any adults, you know, that they had all the answers. They, they were in charge of ensuring that our relationship was a healthy one. 
And as I was saying to you before we started recording, it probably did me a disservice because there were a lot of times where I gave that power away of mending a relationship or, or ensuring it was, was a positive one. But I also think that I was very quick to, um, very quick to blame adults if they didn't do the right thing because I assumed that they, that was their role. Right. So looking, it was interesting as, you know, for him hearing Andrew's story and thinking, oh, right, we need to think of them as, as grown up children, not these perfect adults that, you know, our parents, especially not these perfect adults that had all the answers, but they were in survival mode a lot of the time too, when, when they were raising kids. And I can, now that we have a little one and he's three months now, you can see there's a lot of survival zone raising mm -hmm. a child and there are moments that were not perfect. Yes. And you just hope that your kid can have the maturity when he grows up to be, <laughs> to realize, and we're not even into, into the thick of things, but I just hope that, um, yeah, I, I guess looking at my, my own parents, it's easier to forgive them with the lens of they were, they were imperfect at the time and they were just doing the best that they could. Yeah, you're certainly not alone with having that moment or that, that phase you go through where you realize your parents are human, not superhuman. Right. And we all, I think everyone has those moments and that can be, depending on, on how you interpret it, that can be a heart-wrenching experience or a soul-destroying experience or, or maybe just nothing. But, um, but I thought that was, again, that was a really powerful insight from him that we tend to view our parents or those adults that have influence over us through the lens, through the eyes of a child, and rarely do we upgrade that story. Yeah. And so, um, um, yeah, I think we all need to give ourselves some leniency when we when we pass through that experience, and to recognize that, like so many things in life, we create stories when we're very very young, and we often fail to up, update those stories. And the power of him being able to see his mom not as his mo uh, as mommy, but as another human being who had her own traumas and tra tragedies and limiting experiences, and um, and I think that's such a healthy thing to do. And so many people fail to do it, and it can really cause a lot of drama in their adult life. Yeah. Well, and it was interesting to to hear him say, you know, one step further, his mother had her stories and drama, which was likely learned from her parents or her upbringing and, and Absolutely. that was then learned from their parents and their, so I, I was thinking about our time at the cottage this summer when we went to spend uh, a week with my parents and there was one afternoon where my mom was telling us about her upbringing mm. and then her parents' upbringing and there were a lot of things that just kind of clicked. I'm like, oh, that's that's why you do things that way. And that's why, and as a child, it would drive me crazy, yes. you know, and there was, there are probably a lot of things in those stories that allowed me to let go of some of the hangups I had as, you know, as a child from my childhood, yes. because I was able to see my mom as a, as a human who is just going through her stuff that yes. she learned as a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. The other thing that uh, struck me was, I guess on a similar note is, was he, what he appreciates or what he can see now about his mom is that she's a survivor. Mm. She may have found unhealthy ways to survive. Yeah. 
but for someone who you know put herself through prostitution or and certainly committing the crimes and what she exposed her kids to, I would interpret that she just didn't know better. She was doing the best she could. And, and he said it with a level, like I interpreted it as a level of admiration. Mm, absolutely. Which was a little surprising. Yes. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, and, and to your example of, of, you know, not only your, your mom, but her parents' upbringing. Mm -hmm. I, and I see this a fair amount too, is that we think we're a byproduct of our home that we grew up in. Your home that you grow up in is often a byproduct of what your parents grew up in. Absolutely. So we're actually more so a byproduct of our grandparents' influence in many, many ways. Yeah. And when you can actually go up the chain, go up the chain of the the food, the the, the family tree, and like that can be a very powerful process to not only forgive yourself, forgive your parents, forgive your grandparents. It kind of creates this this um, lineage of freedom and um, it can be very powerful very very powerful process so here's a question were you taught how to forgive as a child I did I, I have no no connection to that whatsoever yeah me too like it was other than your the other comment of say you're sorry I forgive you like it was a, it was a statement then very surface else. level very yeah. surface level even to hear his four-step process on forgiveness was like, oh wow, yeah, that that totally makes sense. Yeah, I have no that was not even a realm of possibility, like not even a thing in in my household growing up. And I would I reflect back on relationships that I've, you know, I've drifted away from or have severed because I wasn't able to forgive. Mm. And I wasn't able to, you know, to look past that you slighted me or I I feel slighted. And therefore, this is, you know, I'm going to go a separate way. And I'm curious and kind of looking forward to using this process moving forward. And I know mm. I can use it now looking back, but even in the moment, I'm curious to see if I'm, I'm capable of using it in the moment if I feel slighted to retreat from the day, for example, and go through this process yes. to maintain friendships that could otherwise be drifted apart from yes well and uh, i thought this process was great too and, and again depending on the depth the depth of the situation and you might anyone might need more time to kind of sit in that in those four steps but it also made me think of the um the process we've talked about and I've, I've used with clients before is the the hawaiian process of forgiveness the hope and open <laughs> i was gonna say the hope and open 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 yeah it's a, it's a, it's a <laughs> bit of a tongue mind twister hope and open and it's the, the you know the four phrases Yes. Uh, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank. Uh, I love you. Thank you. Or you know, you can do it in actually in any order. Um, but I've used that before. I've actually used it with us, uh, unbeknownst to you. That's so funny because I've used it on us, <laughs> unbeknownst <laughs> to you. <laughs> um, and so for the listener, if you're not familiar with it, you can. Well, I was going to say you can Google it, but how do you spell it? So you say Hawaiian forgiveness. And just put a bunch of H, O, and P's in there and it'll come <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. But the process of just thinking about a situation and, and literally just repeating yourself, repeating over and over those four lines. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. And I'm saying it quickly now, but to say it and really feel it. And saying that in the context of you've just triggered me and said something that I'm really ticked off at you about... And it's remarkable how quickly that can totally change 
the state, um, the mindset or the, just the, the feelings towards you. And, um, and even when those individual phrases are applied in a very specific way, like I'm sorry for how I reacted, what I'm feeling right now, what I'm, you know, what I'm projecting on you. Please. Or not even sure of what your role is, yeah. but but yeah. just acknowledging that you played a role in this. Absolutely. You yeah. definitely play a role in when you trigger me. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, please forgive me. Oh, I'm asking for your for your forgiveness for how, either how I reacted or my role in it, whatever it is. I love you and I think of the things that I do love about you uh, in spite of what you've just done to me. <laughs> <laughs> And um, thank you, you know, thanking you, thanking you for allowing me to be vulnerable or to be present, or um, thanking you for all the things that you do for me. And it is, um, it's really powerful. It's really powerful, and for me, it's one of those things, and it's one of the things that I've become more and more fascinated in my journey of coaching people and engaging in what it means to really achieve your potential and really optimize who you are and how you're showing up in life. But it's remarkable. It's just a great example of um, how the capacity we have to quickly shift mm. what we're feeling, especially in intense feelings, that you know, negative intense feelings, regardless of what's happened. Someone can, a, can, can commit a, a heinous crime and really, really, you, know, you feel really disrespected or hurtful or angry or whatever it may be. But the capacity that we have to change that situation and not let it linger and certainly not let it erode a relationship for an extended period of time. Yeah. And I know that's something that's very near and dear for both of us when we, when we talk consciously about the relationship that we want to create and how we want to build our relationship. And, and I, I think this was just a great reminder of, of, that, of the practices or the tools that we have at our fingertips mm. that we can use in any moment. And just to go back to the hope, no, 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 no. Um, I know I'm saying it wrong, but yeah, I, I stumble over it every time. So I now make fun of myself as I do it. Um, your explanation of that actually went a lot deeper than I do it. I simply, um, it, just for anyone who's not familiar with this, a lot of the time I just, um, think those words or say them if I'm in a private space, I'll say them out loud as a mantra. I don't go as deep as you do in what those words mean necessarily, or, how they apply to my situation right now, I simply say them. And yet they have the same effect on me in, in terms of changing my state, mm. just repeating them over and over again and just being centered on those words, not applying any meaning to those words, just, just repeating those words. They have the same effect. They, yeah. they shift my state. So I forgive you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I love you. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, and again, if, I, if someone, um, maybe it's, it comes with some age and some experience, but if someone explained this to me when I was younger, like early 20s. Do you think you it would be, change your life if they had? Oh, I'm sure it would. I'm sure it would because it would, it would um, give me a skill of not being ruled by negative emotions, whether that be stress or, or anger or frustration or irritation towards somebody, even including myself at times. Um, and you just think about, think about all the time you add up that anyone can add up that time that they spend in those states oh, so like over decades. 
and then months think about, and years for me of just being angry at yeah, someone yeah. or you're disappointed or frustrated and not able to forgive them in that in that moment and what would be different if you spent years and months in a completely different emotional state like it's a it's a rhetorical question but they, if someone explained to me that you could go from anger to not anger and not even have any kind of any kind of feeling towards a person or situation in I wouldn't say necessarily a heartbeat, but a dozen heartbeats, maybe. Like literally. Yeah. Like it'd be it'd be beyond comprehension. You'd have to you'd have you'd have to actually experience it. And um, now that I've experienced it, it's one of those things I just I, I'm becoming more and more, I don't know, um, passionate, passionately curious, maybe the right way of saying it, about the the depth of our emotional capacity to change our emotions, manage our emotions, and get out of places and change our emotional home where we live. Well, just listening to Andrew's example of his upbringing, and you're right, just like thing after thing after thing that he went through and had to persevere through, and he's able to forgive his mother for all of that. I'm like, oh, I am not on my game when it comes to forgiveness. Like the, the grudges I've held for like someone who owed me $40 three years ago, or, or, you know, like just simple little things. I'm like, man, it, it kind of, it, once again, that listening to this interview humbled me in terms of, I can do better. If, if he can forgive his mother for all of those heinous acts, then I can do better. So can I put you on the spot and say, so <laughs> I was afraid of what that. are you gonna do about that? I was afraid of that. You know, even just having a four-step process, I found, because I, I like a good framework, um, having a four-step process and, and the way he outlined it, um, it makes it a lot, a lot easier. And I, I can, I think the big thing, the easiest thing is the D, what was it? The, um, it was the humanizing that other person. Mm -hmm. It was undemonizing undemonizing i wanted to say demonstering but um un undemonizing that person i think for me that would be the fastest way on the road to forgiveness mm. because it's so easy to to build stories in my mind about you know the intention of that person and you know why this person did that and oftentimes it's absolutely wrong and it's just stories. Yeah. So if I'm going to make a story, why not make it a better one? Absolutely. I often say we're, we're always telling ourselves stories. Always. So why not choose a better story? Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Moving forward, how are you going to put this into, into practice? Or, or, or will you? I think, <laughs> she said, I know that look on your face. <laughs> um, that leading question. Um, I think what really, even not only the conversation with, with Andrew, but this conversation here, um, I, I commit to practicing what I found works for me is the hope of hope and open all process more readily, more consciously. Mm. And um, that's what I'm going to commit to. And perhaps for both of us, maybe by the next time we sit down and do one of these after shows, we can provide a little update on what we did. Oh, some accountability. Feet to the fire. That's tough. Feet to the fire. <laughs> I look forward to it. Great. So there you have it, our after show edition. 
As always, if you like what you hear, subscribe, rate the show, and leave a review in iTunes. It helps others find us and helps us get better. We read every single review and comment that comes through iTunes, Facebook, and our website and respond to as many people as we can. We especially love hearing those real live voice messages and you can leave a comment or question for us to include in future episodes as an audio message by going to our website, theignitionshow.com connect. We'd really love to build a community around you and your questions. And lastly, remember, whatever you dream of, whatever you hope for and secretly wish you had, you're closer than you think you are, you're meant to have it and you absolutely deserve it. Until next time, I'm Chris Jansen and this is The Ignition Show.